You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. One of the great tasks of the spiritual life is to always ask ourselves, am I thinking in God's ways or as human beings do? Because we have only five senses. God has all all the knowledge and wisdom and wants us to see things his way. And it's very hard to do. Peter has having trouble with this in the gospel, and so do we oftentimes. What is it that human beings look at and want? And is this really what God wants for me? See, God is offering a cross, and many of us pull back from this. Understandably, we don't want to suffer, and yet Christ embraced this willingly. So we are offered this periodically. On my, uh, I was away two weekends, as you know. The first was my high school reunion in L.A. That was fun, but it was not relaxing, especially seeing how elderly we all were, except for me. <laughs> but... Um, I did a lot of visiting and traveling and driving, and, and um, it was very exhausting, so I was on a little retreat this last four days. And I brought too many books because I never know what God is going to inspire me to read, if anything. And uh, I found myself reading a book that I'd read many years ago and really loved it, The Diary of St. Faustinia. She, she's the nun that, from which her writings flowed, the Divine Mercy Sunday, the second Sunday after Easter, that's so very popular with this pope and also John Paul II. Uh, who instituted it. And so I'm reading the book, and every few pages, the Lord speaks to her face to face, and, and in a sense that she hears him audibly. Uh, and there's other saints that have had this gift, like Padre Pio, Catherine of Siena, she's a great one to read if you get the right translation. Uh, the Dialogues of St. Catherine with God. She asks him questions, he answers. Wouldn't you like to have a, just a, one lunch or dinner with God? I mean, the Mass, of course, we have a sacred meal and a sacrifice, and we're going to sit down with God and have this, share this, this fellowship with him and listen to him speak to us, but, but to hear him speak back in our own language and without any, any mediator. And so she has this gift, and God's telling her, you're going to, where I want you to found a community of nuns and leave your community. And she's really scared about this. Mother Teresa had the same call. You know, on a train, she, she hears, you're going to leave your security of your convent in, uh, oh, where was it at? Um, anyway, and then she's going to go to India. And, you know, Mother said yes to this, as we know. And Faustinia is saying, I'll do what you want, Lord, but I'm really scared. I don't feel I have the gifts for this and this and that. Every so often, she's having a dialogue with God, and he's speaking to her. And what happens at the end of the book? She never does leave the convent. This is, she writes all the instructions for the community that will be formed, but her role was to be a spiritual founder. And the Lord never enlightened her. He, all, he let her live with the possibility that she might have to do this thing, and it never happened. So, and oftentimes, we struggle with God's will. We don't know it's going to come out. How much easier if he would just enlighten us as to how it's all going to go. But this is not God's will for us. And sometimes he asks something of us that actually he's not going to have us fulfill. He wants to know if we will, if we ask, if he asks it. St. Peter in the Gospel is talking to Jesus. In the other Gospels, the parallel Gospels, Peter says to Jesus, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus compliments him and says, this was the Holy Spirit. You're going to be the leader of our group. And then... Just a few verses later, Jesus says, You know, I'm not the Messiah you think I am, though. You know who I am, but you don't know me. I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to go 
and be put on a cross by the religious leaders, the people that should have loved him, and nobody's going to love me, and I want you to follow me in this path. And what does Peter say? He says, God forbid that this should happen to you. I'd say this to my relatives if I heard this. And Jesus says, you're a Satan, get behind me. You know, that's not what I want to hear. This, even though Peter and the disciples lived with Jesus for three years, they didn't get it. And so, even if we had a a lunch with Jesus and he sat down with us, I doubt that everything would be understood in this world because part of the, the need for our walk on earth is that we really can't see everything. Even Jesus, because he became human, was limited by his humanity until he had the resurrection of the dead. And this is part of what he gave up for us. We too, we can't see everything. What is it? I was and praying about this scripture. I said, what is it the human beings want? You know, you are not thinking as God does, but human beings. Human beings want a few things, and we all want these things. We want to, uh, we want to be healthy. We want our family to be healthy. We want our children to come to church. We want, uh, we want people to like us. We want to have a good job. We want to feel fulfillment. We want a nice vacation. We want it to be sunny most of the time and then rain every so often in Oregon. We never have to worry about that one. Good employment. We, you know, these are just normal things. And Jesus is saying to Peter, and what does Peter want for Jesus? That, to be, that he'll be successful, that they will all have victories on earth. And Jesus is saying, God's will is exactly the opposite of all these things. Look at the Beatitudes. We read them so often at funerals. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the hungry. Blessed are the refugees. I've been praying for the last two weeks, why is God permitting the entire Christian community of Iraq, which is almost 2,000 years old, to be thrown out of there? It's as bad as the 7th century. It's just like Nazi Germany was. And yet, what can we do about this? I'm praying for them. We pray at Mass. The last Mass intention was for all refugees. But there's a mystery here. Why is this necessary? And I don't have the answer to that. But look at the cross. He says, you're going to have a cross. So we shouldn't be surprised that God periodically offers us something that's very difficult uh, and doesn't explain why or how long it's going to last. Other times, of course, God is very, you know, answers our prayers and we get what we want. Beautiful day today and... and, uh, Mass is beautiful. I remember, you know, we were building the church. God didn't sit down and tell me, oh, you're going to do this, or anybody else on that committee. We had to discern. It was very difficult. And I wasn't sure if it was God's will And for quite a while when we were starting that. I, I can see that it was. But it was a trial, and God doesn't, God doesn't tell us, oh, this is how it's going to be, and it's all going to come out. He helped a little bit. I took a picture, some of you have seen, of that, of a rainbow right over the work site that exactly matches the arches. And I said, okay, I guess it's going to be all right. You think so? (laughs) You know, I thought it was cool. But in so many ways, we are like Peter standing before Jesus. God forbid that I should be unemployed. God forbid that I should have to to be sick, that I can't do the things that I want to do for you, Lord. And Jesus says, you must follow me even if I offer you a cross. Are you only going to be a fair-weather friend or are you going to be with me when, when, when the time of trial comes? That's the test of our faith. And when it comes, sometimes we say, no, God, I can't do this anymore, and we walk away. Peter did this. After three years of walking with Jesus and eating with him, he walks away from Jesus. And yet Jesus takes him back 
the moment he asks. Gives him a little penance, but he takes him back. And so we, we never have to fear. If we don't make it through this trial, God will take us back. Sometimes we have to learn by trial and error. Sometimes we learn even by our defeats. But all of them turn to victory in Christ. So this gospel, I think, is very, like many of them, Jesus is actually speaking to us directly and saying, some of us are carrying big crosses here. You know who you are. Why is God giving me this? Well, I'm not going to tell you now. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, then I'm going to repay everyone according to their deeds. This is the key to the whole thing. We don't see everything yet, but we trust God. What he is asking of us is something he has taken himself as well. And it's much less than what Christ went through. So we thank God for his grace. We pray that hopefully in many of our activities, we will begin to think not just as human beings think who do not know God, but as the Lord thinks who loves us and teaches us.